Woo! Is that how you want to start the episode? Woo! 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 <laughs> Do you remember that episode, like, early on about the ghost train? Yep. What noise did it make? <laughs> Boo! Woo! I hated it before and I hated it again. <laughs> I don't know why I bought it up. It's just the noise a ghost train would make. You know it. <laughs> just start this episode. Hello and welcome to Fuck Me Dead, the podcast that brings you the stories from Australia and its buddies that just make you say, fuck me dead. I'm CJ. And I'm Amanda. How's it going? Some crisp water. That's it? That's all you've got? That's all I've got, I'm afraid. Oh. Yep. (laughs) There you have it, folks. The exciting world of crisp water. Crisp, fresh, cold water. (laughs) I weirdly don't like room temperature water. Mm. Doesn't do it for me. It's got to be cold. It depends how I'm feeling. If I want to drink a lot of water after like a big walk, I want it to be relatively room temperature because if it's too cold, it hurts to drink and I can't drink a lot of it. No, it's got to be cold or get the fuck out. I also don't mind warm water. Thank you, China. Um, Ew. Because they gave it to me a lot when I was there. So I'm kind of into it now. Sometimes I will just drink warm water. Yeah, no, thank you. It's nice. It's quite pleasant. Okay, I wasn't really expecting us to have a several minute conversation about water, but... Look... (laughs) We can't go outside. Well, we can't. (laughs) Okay, well, we're trying not to go outside. (laughs) Yeah. Last time I went outside was to go to the local pub who's trying to get rid of all the beer in their kegs. And -hmm. I went there with a one liter open glass stein and I had them fill it up and then I walked home with it and the police drove past me, but they didn't stop. (laughs) I mean, I think a man walking around with beer is probably the least of their concerns at the moment. (laughs) I mean, I hope they have bigger fish to fry. I'm just assuming they didn't see it. Because I did put yeah. it down beside me when I saw the police coming. I was like, oh, yeah, typical. Two-minute walk home. And the one time <laughs> after the police come down the road is the one time I got an open glass of beer with me. Honestly, I think it probably would have been worse if you had drove to get it. You was walking with it. Probably not that much of an issue. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like there's laws against having open alcohol in Australia, isn't there? In the public? Probably. I mean, it sounds like something we would do. Oh, well, whatever. They I'm didn't drunk. see it. They didn't put, they didn't, yeah. you know, ask I'm you questions. I've alcohol on the streets of other countries and not being concerned about it. But in Australia, I'm like, I'm really certain they'll deport me for this. <laughs> they'll deport you. <laughs> yep. Ooh, almost knocked over my microphone. Oh, God. But that's probably the most exciting thing I did all week. <laughs> yeah. I, have I done anything this week? I haven't left the house. You left the house on Wednesday. We got fish and chips. Oh, yeah, that's right. We went and got fish and chips on Wednesday. But that's about it. Yeah, that's truly it. You know, we're obviously in Melbourne and everyone hates Melbourne right now. So we're just trying to... Their time will come. Probably. Especially Sydney. <laughs> yeah. That's already starting. Like, we've, we're seeing the very start of it now, so... But they'll just blame it on Melbourne. Yeah, pro- I mean, they're already trying to do that, but... Though um, the person who was confirmed to be carrying it, who went to that pub, was from, like, the Blue Mountains? Yeah, it's from the Blue Mountains. Uh, <laughs> but... Last um, I checked, those one in Victoria. Uh, I was going to say, probably the other states, maybe not so much... Not as population dense. I don't know. It's hard to say. Because, I mean, the, the other states have been pretty clear of um, positive tests, and they still are. I kind of feel like us and Sydney are going to be in the shit. Yeah. We all live too close together. Not going to go well. So I'm just, you know, avoiding humanity in general at this point. You've ordered masks, but you never go outside. I know, but I'm like, just in the off case that I do have to, I am prepared. I would buy one, but I haven't seen any for sale, so... Um, should look on Etsy. Lots of people making them. But are they good enough though? Or are they just like not 
That's I mean, there's a lot of conflicting advice, but apparently I read for cloth ones, as long as they're at least triple layered, you should be okay. Mm. Single layer cloth ones are pretty much useless. That's, um, yeah. So apparently the more layers, the better, but triple layer at the very least. Is what I've heard. That could be wrong. Please correct me if it is. But it's kind of hard to get any like one set of advice about what you should be doing. And I don't really want to buy disposable ones. So That was our cat sneezing in the background. Don't Bless you. Yeah, I could go the route of that guy in the picture I shared the other night where he's got a gas mask on or like a mask over his nose and mouth <laughs> and then two big pipes <laughs> coming out of it going to his head. And on top of his head, he's wearing a car air filter. Which, provided he's got a good seal around his nose and mouth, probably works a treat. <laughs> and it functions as a hat. Um, I, I don't know if it's stylish, though. Look, it's very Mad Max. <laughs> it, it, is, it is a kind of a look. Oh, did you know the guy who made the Mad Max movies? Mm. He's got two other movie series under his belt. Which ones? Babe. Oh, God. And Happy Feet. What happened to him? He made Mad Max, and then he made Babe, and then he did Happy Feet, and then he went back to making Mad Max. Is he okay? Maybe he just thought, gotta make up with some of those other movies I made. <laughs> That's a weird mix. I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, they're all Australian movies. There you go. What are your stories like this week? Um, not super great. I got a cold case. Okay. I've got a cult story. Okay. And I've got one that was sent in to us about a man and a snake. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to do the story I talked about last week, mainly because I will admit I kind of forgot. And Save I haven't written it yet. But it's still developing, so it'll work out better in the end. Okay. I'll make sure I sit down at some point this week and write that up. What about yourself? All of mine are pretty short, so this might be a short episode. Okay. Um, That's all right. I was kind of worried I was going a bit long on mine. Okay, good. And I get worried when I go long on mine, because usually yours are a bit longer than mine. So I'm like, if mine are long and yours are your normal length, this episode's going to have like two hours. What are you trying to say about me? You do more in-depth stories than me. (laughs) Okay. I thought you could have said something mean about that I can't shut up or something that would be mean that would be mean who went first last week i believe it was myself so maybe i should go first this week then okay oh episode 30 by the way oh yeah we didn't plan anything for it no we, we didn't i have to admit i kind of forgot days are blowing together now I, I i don't know what's happening but isn't that normally how it is people turn 30 and they're like no i don't want to accept it because they think it's old and then they as someone who is over the age of 30 yes can confirm yeah, so, you know, we're, we're still going along with that whole 18th, 21st thing. Yeah. What's, like, the next big milestone, episode-wise? Like 40. 40? See, I would have said 50. Oh, see, episodes, yeah, I was talking about ages. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> I did say episode-wise. I- I'd probably want to say 52. Why 52? That's a year. Oh, Good point. Okay, so the next big celebration will be a year, which will be in... Although I believe we did miss one week when we moved house, so technically our 51st episode would okay. be a year's worth of content. But we can just figure out what date it was we uploaded the first one. No, we'll never work that out. Okay. Well, sorry for that tangent. Let's uh, go on with my first story, shall we? No, do your second story. <laughs> I don't want to. I've picked them in a certain <laughs> order for a certain reason. I'm doing my first story and deal with it. I'll just pretend it's your second story. <laughs> oh my god! Okay. So this, one, I, I'm going to be interested to hear your theories on why he got arrested for this. Because he did crimes. I'm not sure it's a crime, but okay, let's. Oh. A man from Ingleburn was arrested this week for a weird reason. It was because he shaved his beard off. Yeah, yeah, that's arrestable. You, you think that's a crime? People tell me it's a crime. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I shave mine off and they have to see my real face under all this. Remember that time you saw me clean shaven when I did Movember? Yes, I do remember it. I didn't tell you it was a crime. <laughs> but you thought it. Okay, so I know that it sounds weird to have someone arrested for shaving their beard off, but the man who was arrested was one of the very few criminals in New South Wales that is closely monitored under strict anti-terrorism legislation after he set fire to a church in 2016. Okay. So they're worried he's trying to change his appearance and get away, maybe? I figured that that must be part of it. Maybe, like, he can't change his appearance. I'm not really quite sure that I understand. I'll just continue on. Maybe this will give some more context once I tell you the rest of it. He was convicted of setting fire to the Pentecostal Destiny Church in Tari. And I guess if you want some context, if you don't know what Pentecostal is. LPM. You know, Scotty from marketing, he has he's of the same faith. It's all coming together now. Scott put the arrest out on him. Well... <laughs> Scotty for marketing wasn't PM in 2016. No, but he was biding his time. <laughs> I, I don't think that's it. I don't think he has anything Before to do he with takes him. his next holiday, which he's on right now. <laughs> Never mind, there's a fucking pandemic. Oh my God. Has nothing to do with the Prime Minister. I'm just saying that they're of the same faith. But I think it's probably worth noting that the religion is quite well known for being conservative. I don't know if that really gives any context, but whatever. When investigators were looking into how the fire started, allegedly they found flyers promoting a European separatist religion called Wotan Spoke. For a and- second I thought you were going to say Wu-Tang. And, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and the man is believed to be a high-ranking member of that religion in Australia. So Wotan Spoke or Wotanism is a white nationalist movement which was founded in the early 1990s. Okay. In simple terms, this guy, and I feel like I can say this because I haven't said his name, is a white supremacist. So why is he targeting Scott Morrison's church? This is the thing that I didn't quite understand, and I'm not sure that I I still don't think I quite understand. I don't know enough about... These weird religions. Pentecostal religion to know where it originated from or... Like, if you went and told me, oh, he set fire to a mosque or something, I'd be like, oh, yeah. Okay, that maybe makes a bit more sense according to his beliefs. Maybe but, he was hoping this would spark people think, oh, who else would have done it? It must have been Muslims or another religion, and then that would start like a hate war or something. Maybe, maybe that was his objective. I don't know. Either way, he burnt down this church, and that's a fact. So apparently by shaving his beard, he was able to be charged with breaking an extended supervision order, which I had never heard of before, so I googled what that was. Okay. And they're usually given to high-risk sexual or violent offenders when the jail sentences are completed. So... These people get sent to jail, but they don't really actually quite trust them to be law-abiding citizens outside of jail. So I'm assuming that part of that supervision order is that he's recognizable or doesn't alter his appearance, um, because nowhere in the article did it actually say why that was a breach. Yeah, I'd have to assume. Or why that caused him to be arrested. All it said was that, and, and this is a quote, the order prevented him from taking any action without notifying his minders. So I guess that included shaving his beard? I suppose so, because like, it sounds silly, but if you're under constant surveillance and you did that, I guess so. I would think that maybe, especially if he was like well known for having a beard. Um, this guy's a redhead, by the way, so he has a very red beard normally. So I guess that's pretty recognizable. So if you yeah. shave that off, I would assume that it would be like altering your appearance and maybe making it seem like you're a flight risk or something. Yeah, it would have to be along those lines, surely. That's that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that it has to be something to do with that. I just, I'd never heard of before having some kind of order in place to stop you from shaving your beard. I don't know. I suppose if he asked, could I shave it? They probably would have been like, yeah, sure. Yeah, maybe. I, I guess maybe like if he had mentioned it to them. Maybe it's a thing where they really don't want him on the street. So they took 
They were just waiting for him to make a minor breach so they could put him back under arrest again. Probably. I kind of feel like being a white supremacist in Australia is probably not the thing that we want. Australia is very multicultural. Yeah. Whether people like wouldn't accept that or not. Yeah. And look, casual racism is a problem in Australia. Not the first time I've said that, but... I just don't get it. They bring so much more interesting things and foods and stuff for us to enjoy. Yeah, I know. And like... I just... I don't get it. It's, it's a very weird thing. I guess because from settlement, Australia is being considered, you know, in quotes, white. Mm. But... Well, there was literally a white Australia policy. Yeah. So I guess like it's all left over, but I'm like, surely enough time has passed between then and now for us to realize that that's fucking stupid. Nah. <laughs> Terrorism. But, yeah, I, I sincerely doubt that they really want white supremacists on the streets in Australia, especially if they're a known white supremacist. So yeah, I just thought that was a weird one that I read this week. Then he got arrested, shaving his beard off. Mm. Well, my tale is about a man who probably should have been arrested a long time ago. Oh, nice segue. Yeah, getting good. <laughs> well, this story is about a Scott Johnson. He was 23 years old at the time. He was a United States national who had moved to Sydney, Australia in 1986 to be with his partner. He was a math student at the time and was nearing completion of his PhD when he was found at the bottom of the cliffs at North's Head. This is ties back to, was it last week? Or the week before. Or the week yeah. before? Uh, he was found at the cliffs of North Head. In Sydney, in 1988, two years after he arrived, he was dead, and police ruled it a suicide. Were they wrong? So obviously Scott was a gay man. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, I guess these days partner isn't immediately you think of a I was going to say, I did not automatically make that assumption. Um, that was news to me. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Probably sh- should have made that a bit clearer. I haven't read the headline, but the headline is Australian man arrested in gay hate killing cold case. Ooh. Oh, no. I guess, you know, I don't think about it. I mean, I was barely alive at that time. But the 80s really were like a different time, even though it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Attitudes towards, you know, gay people were not as accepting We're going to get into that. The, some shocking numbers I'm going to bring oh, up. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So following his death, there was years of campaigning by his brother Steve for the case to be reopened. Separate coroner investigations occurred in 2012 and 2015. So he's already, you know, nearly two decades after his brothers died. And they both recommended that the police reopen the case. Okay, so they really didn't believe that he would have committed suicide. His, I didn't include it, but his brother was quoted as saying, like, no way would my brother have thrown himself off a cliff kind of thing. Yeah. So his family's never believed it was a suicide. Finally, in 2017, after a third coroner's inquiry, uh, they concluded that Scott had been killed in a hate crime. I guess the other side is that, okay, so, I, you know, as, as a family, you wouldn't want to believe that, you know, someone had committed suicide. But I feel also, you, you for some people that probably, like, you'd have a family member maybe who commits suicide and you find out and you think yourself, okay, yeah, I can understand that. But I guess, the I, and, and to play the other side of that is that I'm sure that his family probably knew him very well, especially if they're this passionate yeah, about... I knew he wouldn't have. ...reopening it, knows that he wouldn't have. And I guess another thing is that since the 80s, there's a lot of... Um, medical technological advancements that could probably rule differently mm. than what it was originally. Unfortunately for us, there's no details as into what the investigations involved or even how they caught this guy in the end. Oh, so they actually caught the person who did it? Well, it says Australian man arrested in gay hate killing. I just ignored that part, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so the findings of this third coroner's investigation uh, actually drew attention to several cases of homophobic killings around Sydney's beaches in the 80s. There were quite a few. Mm, uh, okay. It's estimated up to 80 
gay men were murdered by homophobic gangs across Sydney during the late 80s. Jesus. Many of which were pushed off cliffs. Could this be the same person? That's what I'm wondering. Is it just a one-off? That's not like a normal... Not not the normal, but like not a common way that you hear about people getting murdered. No, it's always a suicide if they're off a cliff, isn't it? Convenient. Yeah, but I mean, like, how how realistic is it to say that a lot of people had that same idea? Well, there's that guy who lives along the cliffs in Sydney, isn't there? Who often sees people about to jump, and he goes out and makes them tea and stuff, and invites them into yeah, his house for a yeah. chat and stops them. Anyway, no, I'm talking about him. So early May this year, 2020. Police arrested a Scott Price. Unfortunately, the killer and the murdered person are both called Scott. Not oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, so they arrested Scott Price. He's currently aged 49 at his Sydney home. He was charged with the murder of Scott Johnson in 1988 and refused bail. So at this time, unfortunately, as I mentioned, there's no information on how he was caught and how they figured it out. I did look because I'm like, well, it's been a few months. Maybe something's come out, but I don't think the case has gone to court yet. So nothing is public knowledge yet. Correct. Uh, the police have previously apologized to the Johnson family for not investigating properly 32 years ago. <laughs> Why is it always... to protect the gay community, which, if we're being honest, the police in the 80s probably did not care. Yeah, I'm sure. One lick about gay people. I- I'm just like, I'm so sick about they hearing probably these. probably barely like... do these days anyway. But, yeah. yeah. But I'm like, it's so many cases that you hear about like this where it's just really bad police work. I mean, I know everyone hates the police at the moment anyway, but fuck, I was going to so bring into ones. this, and I did look at another article for this story because I thought it was related. It kind of is and isn't, but it is about gay people and police. Uh, but I decided, no, this is too juicy. I'm going to do as a separate story. So look forward to that next week. <laughs> okay. Um, but we'll, yeah. So this happened 32 years ago that Scott Johnson was murdered by Scott Price. Scott Price is now 49, which means he would have only been 17 or 18 when he killed him. Jesus. That's too young to be, like, wandering around murdering people. Mm, If I remember, we'll we'll find out more information in the coming months. I was going to say, I'm sure, like, when it goes to court, it'll be in the media. That's crazy, isn't it? That long passes and everyone thinks that it's just suicide. He just lived his whole, like, his life getting away with it all through his 20s and 30s and 40s and then i mean he's he's just lucky that he has a family that was so um involved well they all did this from america as well because they're an american he was an american so his family's been in america the whole time fighting this not that they've been here jeez but obviously they finally got a call i wonder if oh scott was 27 32 years his parents could still be alive i suppose but i don't know didn't mention it in the article yeah that's crazy i i just find it really crazy when that stuff happens be interesting to hear how he got caught i'd love to know yeah yeah so hopefully one day i can update us all on that story okay that'd be cool (laughs) speaking of updates i have one i did see you some of your headline notes unfortunately before so stop reading my notes when i'm doing them no (laughs) okay so this is an update on the peter falconio case which we talked about two three weeks ago in episode 26 because i looked up to make sure i got that right okay so yeah two only like yeah or now while this goes out a few episodes ago it seems that all of this drama around this case has come up again because of that UK Channel 4 documentary titled Murder in the Outback. And it was shown on Australian TV about a week ago. Okay. This whole thing has come up again. More theories are circulating. It's just, ugh, I just kind of feel bad for everyone involved in this, <laughs> that this is still like playing out this long with n- no body still. Oh, let's be realistic. There's probably never going to be a body. I don't think. I don't think they're going to find a body. I, I think that's unless yeah. he took the body and put it somewhere in a building. We'll probably never find it. It's just probably out there at the desert somewhere. I would say it's out there in the outback somewhere, and <laughs> unless like someone comes across it 
which is highly unlikely, never going to fucking find it. And even then, if it's just bones, by the time they find it, yeah. we're going to prove it was him. Yeah, then there'll be no evidence. Could have been anyone's corpse. Oh, skeleton, sorry. Well, no, you can identify people from skeletal remains. Not always, though. It depends on what part of the bones we find. Mm. Anyway, cast your mind back to four episodes ago. Um, <laughs> Joanne Lees was picked up by a truck driver named Vince Miller on the Stewart Highway after she escaped from Peter's attacker in 2001. So Vince is the person here that's come forward with new evidence about this case. The guy who picked up the wife. The girlfriend, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So he's finally come forward with some more details about that day. You know, a casual 19 years later. What have you been doing, Vince? Yeah, exactly. Why now? Why? We- oh, yeah, I don't understand this Needs the money. Before picking up Joanne, he had been driving a road train up the Stewart Highway. And as he was driving near Barrow Creek, which is another place that we spoke about, in that other episode. Um, he's now claiming that he saw headlines circling and flashing on and off. When he's seen this, he slowed down a bit and he saw a red car on the side of the highway with two men standing beside it. And he decided to slow down even further to see if they were in any kind of trouble, they needed assistance. And I'm assuming that that probably happens often if you see someone on the side of the road out there because you're a long way between places. Yeah. So slowing down even further, he saw a man who looked... And in quotes, like jelly in the car. I don't know what that means. He looked like jelly. He looked like jelly. I don't know what that means. I am so confused by that statement. Like he had no bones? Yeah, like, I don't understand. Anyway, that that's like a direct quote from Vince. Okay. So I don't really quite know what like jelly means. Maybe he means like, I want to say not solid, but how is a human not solid? Does he mean, does it like imply maybe he was drunk and not standing too straight, wobbling around? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But he was know. in the seat. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Anyhow, carry on. So a quote from Vince in the documentary, there was something that they didn't want me to see. I am pretty sure that the guy in the middle very well could have been Peter Falconio. So I'm assuming he means in the middle in the car. Mm, Okay. So I think he's like a weekend at Bernie's kind of thing. They're pretending he's alive. Maybe. Okay. I don't, I don't know. Um, But a body wouldn't flop around like that. And it I mean, start, I don't know. Like, how long does rigor mortis take? To I was kick about in? to I say, feel like it's not very long. Weirdly, I was listening to a podcast that was discussing rigor mortis this morning, mm. <laughs> and it's somewhere between three and eight hours, depending on temperature, conditions, all of that kind of shit. Okay. So, depending on how long it was, actually, I think it's very likely that he could have been because Joanne hid for a long time. Yeah. Before she ran out in front of the road train, so I would say it's probably pretty likely, especially because heat. And it's quite hot in the outback, regardless of time of year. Was it night? In the desert, so it'd be cold. Maybe. I don't know. It's hard to say. Mm. I'm also not a... I don't know who determines those kind of things, but I'm not that person. I'm not educated in it, so I'm not quite sure. But I think the main thing is here that he's never mentioned this jelly man previously and says that he didn't come forward earlier about these details because the police didn't ask him about the events leading up to Joanne running in front of his truck. So he literally is saying that he just didn't bother to mention this to the cops because they didn't ask. Oh, yeah. You see jelly man all the time. One, what does jelly man even fucking mean? Two, why would you not mention this? Is he like the Outback's Mothman? The jelly man. <laughs> Coming this summer. A movie that will scare you shitless. He comes I just- in the night. Why would he be saying it now? In the wind. Oh my god. You cannot outrun <laughs> the jelly man. I mean you probably could if he's jelly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't drink me. <laughs> oh god. But this is so many problems with all of this. 
Yeah. One, what the fuck is a jelly man? Two, why would you never mention this to police? It Like, if you think that you've seen either him or his killers, why would you never mention that to the police? That's fucking ridiculous. And three, even if you had kept all this to yourself, why would you bring it up now? Because I want that money. I would love to know how much they paid him to be in the documentary because I don't know if it was worth it. <laughs> how much did they pay him to invent Jelly Man? <sighs> And that's the other thing, because there have been, like, so many scandalous things come out of this documentary, and it just sort of seems like wild accusations that people are making up. Like, did they want this? Like, did they kind of feed this to people to say in the documentary so that it got a lot of attention? I don't know. My conspiracy theory hat is coming on just because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I think it's made up. I was going to say, it's not like the media has never made up something because it made a good story before. I just don't buy it. I'm sorry. I just don't understand how if, you know, he has nothing to do with it and he's just like an innocent truck well, driver. Well, so why would they be driving around with the corpse sitting in the seat and so like hidden in the Like ute? trying to hide it. it yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's like one of those things, it's in plain sight so people don't question it. I don't know. You're in the middle of the fucking desert. Who's going to see you anyway? Well, maybe that's why. Just- They're like, we're in the middle of fucking nowhere. No one's going to see us. Let's do whatever we want. I don't know. I feel like I'd still put a body like in the ute yeah, same. tray. <laughs> It also wasn't the car that Joanne has described and the vehicle that um, Murdoch had been seen in by other witnesses no, so either. It was a red murder. car. Someone else's dead body from an unsolved murder out there. Then. <laughs> There's probably plenty of unsolved murders out in the outback. Could be a different one. But, I mean, I guess there's nothing to say that Murdoch couldn't have driven to someone else and then they took him in his car. Wow, well, I don't know. I need to know that timeline. Like, how, how long between him seeing the jelly man yeah. and... Running into, what's the name? The Jelly Man. <laughs> the Jelly Man. That, that was it. That was the update. I read it and I was just like, this is this is weird. I don't know. Weird. This doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make sense? No. Like a cult. We're on fire with the segues Boom. today. <laughs> How I forgave my parents for raising me in a cult. Okay, you should never forgive them. Ever. That's, that's a bit harsh. No, that's fucked. Cults are fucked. I'm sorry. <laughs> so this is from SBS Voices, uh, brought by Kimberly Gillian or Gillian. Almost 25 years after the notorious New Zealand Camp David cult disbanded, former child member Serafina Tane, now 41, reflects on rebuilding her life after a childhood spent petrified of putting a foot wrong. So most of the article is just her typing down. Sif- Sorry, Serafina's words directly. Okay. So I'm just going to lay into a huge two-paragraph quote right up the front. Okay. And then I start summarizing it from there. Okay. We were taught that women were inferior and shouldn't be educated because their only purpose was to be mothers or housewives. We had to wear headscarves and long skirts and were forbidden from cutting our hair or wearing certain colors. It seems strange that anyone could be convinced to live this way, but my parents have told me that they were lured in over time, with Camp David providing a sense of belonging and religious connection. We were told that aliens could come to Earth at any time and that we had to ask specific questions to confirm which ones were from the real Jesus Christ and which ones were imposters. So I think that implies they suspected Jesus to send friendly aliens. We were also told that at the the end of the world was imminent and that we would have to run to the hills with weapons to try and protect ourselves. We genuinely believed we would be in the mortal danger if we were not part of the Camp David and my parents had cut off contact with their extended family, so leaving was not an option. Is that the end of the quote? That's the end of the quote. So at some point in New Zealand's history, we had uh, a cult that believed that Jesus was going to send aliens, but there was also going to be fake aliens. I had not. 
Oh, no, I've definitely heard of Camp David before. The whole thing is like, hang on, wait, when was this cult active? Because that I'm not sure about. We get into it, but it was during our lifetimes, effectively. Uh, it ended turn of the century, and it was around from the 70s. So almost about 30-something years. Wow, aliens are really popular in the 70s. It feels very, like, Heaven's Gate-ish to me. Yeah. Who basically had the same message about, you know, aliens and basically Jesus saving people from a- aliens. Oh, some bullshit, I don't know. But... I mean, there's so many things wrong with this. I mean, it was obviously just a way to control women, for one. And, I mean, the rest of it's just batshit crazy. Yeah. I think Heaven's Gate inspired an episode of Cowboy Bebop. I might have mentioned that before. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. The Cowboy Bebop episode Brain Scratch. I think it's inspired by Heaven's Gate. Anyhow. So she goes on to mention how controlling the leaders were of how the members' parents should be raising their children. The kids themselves were not allowed to express themselves, and she lived in fear of accidentally listening to rock and roll, removing her headscarf, and going to hell. Uh, She also believed that the rest of the world was out here making deadly mistakes, and that caused her to cry at night. Poor kid. Oh my god, that's terrible. So she's just worried about everyone else out there in the world dying because they're all pure and innocent. I know. She did mention like there's a lot for a child to carry. Yeah, definitely. So, finally, in around 95, the cult starts colllapsing. Uh, It was as a result of sexual abuse. Of women. Oh, I'm from not surprised the at all. came to light, the majority of them. Uh, all I can say is, hey, at least it wasn't kids, eh, Catholics? I mean, I guess, <laughs> but still not surprised at all. Just because it seems like it was so based on, you know, making sure that women were compliant. Pretty much, yeah. So that doesn't surprise me at all that they took advantage of that. So cult collapses and suddenly Serafina and her family and herself, especially, I guess, are exposed to the real world for the first time. Because remember, she was born in this cult. God, that'd be so scary. I think. Mm. Quote, When I took off my headscarf and wore trousers, I genuinely expected to be struck down by lightning. Jesus Christ. I mean, literally, I guess. I suppose. But you'd have to take it off to shower, maybe, wouldn't you? Oh, she's probably not allowed to bathe or something. I have a feeling that it's more like other people aren't allowed to see you with your he- without your headscarf. Yeah. If you're alone in the shower, that's probably okay. Probably. Uh, so she did end up in share housing, because I think they probably deemed her parents weren't fit. Teresa. So how old was she when the cult disbanded? Doesn't say, unfortunately. She's now in her 40s, so disbanded at 95. So 95. So she would have been in her mid-late teens. Yeah, yeah. Think about how long the first 15 years of your life seem. Yeah. <laughs> That's a long time to be living in this cult in fucking country New Zealand. I can't imagine not knowing anything else and then being thrust into the real world where everything is different. Yeah, so end up in share housing. She started drinking. Understandable. Hell yeah. Uh, getting piercings. Hell yeah. And skateboarding. Which Hell yeah. I find I'm it so weird she mentioned skateboarding like that. She made it sound like skateboarding's this rebellious, horrible thing. Like <laughs> skateboarding is just a bunch of people who want to just do sick tricks on skateboards. Yeah. <laughs> They're not like rebels or whatever. They're just kids who want to. No, play but I mean, I feel like there is like a connotation of uh, you know rebellious youths in their skateboards. Which is weird because usually they like youth groups use skateboarding as a thing yeah. to keep kids off the street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank God we're finally getting skate for. Yes. <laughs> so excited. So her parents became a bit distant and they all struggled with their emotions and trying to get their lives back together because the cult repressed that. You weren't really allowed to do any of that. And her father actually ignored her entirely for quite a while. She asked her mother about this and she explained that her father just felt guilty for raising her in the cult and he didn't know how to fix it kind of thing. So at least her parents knew eventually that it was not the right thing. Yeah. Uh, In 2002, the cult tried to get back together. A bunch of the four members were trying to ring into form. Jeez. Serafina's mother actually hears about this, and she rallied together a bunch of other cult members that she knew for a time in the cult, and 
stopped it happening. They even took it to the New Zealand High Court seeking compensation. It really makes me wonder what happened with her parents afterwards. To be like, usually what happens is cult members stay cult-like. Yeah. Well, no, it seems like her parents seem to have adjusted quite well. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, the real world. I would love to hear their side of it and what happened to them mm. after it disbanded or what was happening like just before it disbanded yeah. um, to make them completely do a 180. Yeah. So the case did go to the New Zealand High Court and uh, they ruled in favour of no cult. And uh, they forced the cult to sell their lands and distributed the money to the cult members as okay, like compensation for what happened. So it came out quite well. Okay. Um, but what was Camp David? A cult? It was a cult. Uh, so Camp David is the country retreat for the President of the United States. It is located in the wooded hills of the Katakotin Mountain Park in Frederick County, Maryland, near the towns of Thermont and Emmitsburg, about 62 miles northwest of the national capital city of Washington, D.C. Are we talking about the same cult here? No, but this is why <laughs> I had so much issue finding information on Camp David, because all of it links to the fucking White House <laughs> holiday home. Um... But I thought it was funny because I kept like, Camp David cult. And they're like, fucking Trump's there. I'm like, what? Maybe there is a connection we're not aware <laughs> of. Okay. So because of that, like I said, it was hard for me to find information on New Zealand's Camp David. I don't even know why it was called Camp David. Because the guy who founded it is called Douglas. Maybe he changed his name to David? I don't know. But I did find a site. Okay. the post on a religious blog site. Okay. And it told me that the cult was living at the time in Waipara which uh, was only 30 minutes drive up the road from where I used to live in Kaipoi. <laughs> and I used to live there about the time. So I lived down oh, the wow. road from this cult. Jeez, okay. I never knew. In fact, Waipara looks like it's got a bunch of wineries and berry farms up there. And we used to go berry picking a bit. So I'm like, did I go to Waipara and pick berries as a kid? I don't know. <laughs> should ask my mum. Anyway, so it's just north of Christchurch. Because Kaipoi is like a town just on the outside of Christchurch over the over a river. And then you're, it's like you cross the river and you're Christchurch, basically. So. Just not the Christchurch. Should have asked your mum about it. She probably remembers it. They often got referred to as God Squad. And my mum has used that term forever. And I saw she just uses it to refer to any religious person. But she's specifically referencing the Camp David followers because they were called God Squad. Right. So okay. whenever she wants to be a little bit derogatory towards religious groups, she calls them God Squad. I wonder if that's like a New Zealand specific thing. I think it must be. Or at least my mum does it. Anyway. <laughs> so... It originally started on Eureka Street, which I think is kind of funny. Eureka. Eureka. Alien Jesus. <laughs> in Aranui, which is a suburb of Christchurch, in 1974. So this cult just started on a suburban street in a tiny suburb in Christchurch one year. I mean, as, 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 as I, you do. I suppose they probably do, often. They probably, gotta start yeah. somewhere, right? In 1997, police raided the homes of its members, and they found more than 150 weapons. Weapons? Well, remember, they got to defend themselves from the aliens that were coming to shoot. Okay, well, I, I guess. Know. And that concerns me, but also at the same time, well, you know, New Zealand, we never really had it. We hadn't had our big mass shooting moment then. We still had a lot of guns. It was the Mm. 90s. Christchurch isn't that far. It's not hard to go out of Christchurch to get into rural areas and go hunting pigs and whatever you want to do. So, And it's the 70s, sorry, when that happened. So I'm not surprised they found a lot of guns. Uh, They moved to Waipara. Waipara itself gets a bit worried they're going to be the next Waco. God. Which they never were. Uh, the commune believed that Douglas Metcalfe, the leader, was Jesus. Oh, so he was he the was son of Jesus. God. He was Jesus. Okay. Uh, Douglas dies age 68 in 1989. That's not very godlike to me. But they all believe he's going to come back again in three days to hunt for Easter eggs or whatever the fuck happens when <laughs> Jesus comes back. So they keep a 24-hour watch on him during this time. And during these days, a skull-like formation of clowns appears above the commune. So they're like, oh, oh fuck, God. here he comes. He's coming back. Mm. 
Uh, Douglas stays dead. <laughs> it's weird how uh, funny that permanent. Yeah. So his son-in-law, Daryl Metcalf Williams, takes over and promises Doug will return before the year two thousand. Okay, it's twenty twenty. Is he back yet? Uh, no, Doug did not return. Okay. Because so this is in the ten years prior to the year two thousand. I guess people really thought two thousand was going to be this big thing, but I mean, it's just a year on the calendar. The planet yeah. doesn't know anything. Anyway, uh, I was going to go further into this cult. However, there's a lot more information than I thought, and I was always worried this story was already getting a bit long. So uh, tune in next week for part two. Ooh, where we a look, two part, our first two-parter? Where I uh, go a little bit further more into the cult and the wacky shenanigans they got up to. Okay, I'm excited. So, yeah. Plus our first two-parter, that's exciting. David. Okay. Yeah. I, had, I had heard My of neighborhood Camp, Camp David. <laughs> My neighborhood cult. I had heard of it before, but I didn't know any of the, like, specifics or anything. Yeah, well. So this should be interesting. When it all went down, because it was collapsing when I lived there. That's crazy to think about, isn't it? Or just the year before. I lived in Kaiapoi in 96, 97. Mm. So it would have been on its death throes when that when I was there. Jeez. I could have walked past that lady in the street. Kaiapoi's not far from Waipata. They probably ended up in Christchurch. Weird. That's, Small world. That's nice to think about. Although it did mention the article how her parents seemed to, they've had, they had more kids after her. Okay. And she's like, they raised them a lot better. They sort of realized what had happened. So her brother got raised a lot better. They have a niece that got raised a lot better. They've sort of forgiven themselves, but also haven't. But it seems like they adjusted back into society quite well. Yeah. Which is nice to know, although it sounds like the dad struggled a little bit. But, you know, it's the 90s. He's a guy. He's not allowed to express emotions as it is. And he just came out of a cult where you're really not allowed to do it. Yeah. I mean. Probably lucky he didn't kill himself. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it would have been particularly hard for him probably because of what it sounds like the gendered roles were oh we're gonna get into that oh really okay like <laughs> douglas was an interesting fellow okay let's say interesting so douglas had a lot of weapons he said a lot of weapons a lot of ideas gotta go go teach you how to fight the non-jesus aliens well my last story it's about a guy with a weapon okay what is it I was just trying to... I didn't want to ruin our segue streak, so <laughs> I had to, like, come up with something, you know? We're going to take a step back in time. We're going to go, <laughs> go all the way back to... What is that from? I know it, but I don't know what it's from. Is it Wayne's World or something? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. I only remember it because I first know it from a really disastrous Ubisoft event, like, in 2013, <laughs> where they had this awful presenter on stage, and he kept going, dilly, 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 and I'm getting up tomorrow morning to watch the fucking Ubisoft event. It's on my <laughs> mind. Oh, my God. I hope they have... They probably won't, because it's an online event, but, oh my God, I hope they have another terrible presenter. It makes the Ubisoft event so much fun, because they're always just fucking trash. I like their games, though. Okay, that was... That's a derailment. That, that was an aside. I hadn't well, even started let's my go story. back in time to the Weapon Man. Going back in time to 2014. Wow, I lived then. <laughs> Same. Um, to when Adelaide had its first Krispy Kreme opened its doors. Now, that fact alone is fucking wild. Yeah, 2014 before 2014. they first. To be fair, WA didn't get theirs until like 2018. Weren't Krispy Would, Kreme in like receivership by then? It's kind of funny because yeah, on Sydney, East Coast side of things, Krispy Kreme had come and gone by the time it even reached Adelaide. That's fucking, that's weird to think about. The only Krispy Kremes opened in Sydney in 2014 were the ones at the airport yeah. and the one at Parramatta. <laughs> yeah. And I think this was before you could get them at 7-Eleven. So yes, really it was well before the 7-Eleven thing. The donuts aren't that good. If someone offered me a Krispy Kreme, I would take it. As far as like service station donuts go, because that's what they are here now. Yeah. Pretty good. But yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Not my favourite donuts, donuts, but not bad. Just not great. But I will admit, when Krispy Kreme first opened in Sydney, it was a fucking. It was great. It was an event. It, it was, was an thing. event. Was a, People yeah. were excited. You're going to like the 24 hour drive throughs. Like it was. There a was thing. a queue down Wynyard. Oh my god! <laughs> Remember that? Because there was that Krispy Kreme right there outside yeah. uh, Uncle Ming's, across the road from Uncle Ming's bar. Now, yeah, I, I will say. Because of Krispy Kreme, I think that's why we've got good donuts now. Because people realize there's a market for donuts. Yeah. And it was just easy to make a better donut. Anyway, before we get sidetracked by donuts. Oh, I fucking love donuts. <laughs> so, <laughs> 12 days after it opened, two teenagers got the shock of their lives when they were getting into their car after buying six boxes of donuts. Fucking hell. Just had to point that out because when I read it, I'm like, six boxes? Anyway. <laughs> a man they didn't know it's approached 60 donuts. Them. No, yeah. it's not. 12, 12 times 6. That's a lot of donuts. How many donuts is that? <laughs> I'm not good at math. I may work in accounts, but I'm not good at math. 72. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of donuts. They were clearly planning a big day. A big day of donut eating. However, like when they were getting into their car with their, all of their fucking donuts. A man they didn't know approached them armed with a knife and demanded the donut. Jesus Christ. He demanded that the teenagers get into the car while he grabbed the donuts from the back seat before running off with his delicious goodies. It can't be easy to run with six boxes of donuts and a knife. No, really, and a knife. Like, (laughs) I don't know how he's balancing that. You shouldn't run with a knife either. I hope he put some donuts on his knife, like a ring toss, so he could (laughs) eat them while he was running. That would have been perfect. (laughs) This is extra dumb because it's not even like it's the first Krispy Kreme in Australia. They've been in Australia for almost ten years at this point, and he's holding kids up at knife point to steal some fucking donuts. To be fair, they had 72 of the fuckers. They could have shared. They, they could have. Um, I've had better donuts when I was in Adelaide. It was a gin and tonic donut at some cafe. Can't remember <laughs> the name of it now. They do great coffee as well. Fucking sick. One of the teenage boys gave this quote, although he didn't want to be identified. Um, he said... In case someone stole his donuts again. Yeah. <laughs> he said, it's pretty bad. Like, you think he'd take the money or something, but he took the donuts. How much would 72 donuts cost? They're like two, three bucks a donut. It's like $20 a box. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. $20 a box is like $120 a donuts or something, isn't it? The store manager had promised to to replace the stolen donuts. Oh, that's nice. Even though the teenagers were too frightened to visit the store again. (laughs) Can't go back to that one, man. I got PTSD from the Krispy Kreme. Hey, I... He got robbed at knife point. I was going to say, he got robbed at knife point. I'm being unfair there. I probably wouldn't go back either. Oh, Jesus Christ. Imagine robbing kids for their fucking Robbing donuts. kids for fucking donuts. Uh, it was Element Coffee in Adelaide for anyone who goes there. Really great coffee shop. Highly recommend it. Don't know if they're still doing the gin and tonic donut, but good shit. <laughs> good shit. That was, that was my story. Just triple checking it was Element Coffee. I don't want to fuck oh my this God. up and get this wrong <laughs> and tell people the wrong thing. I'll remember the outside of the building and the street. Yeah, this is it. Element Coffee. If you're in Adelaide, check it out. Really good. Right in the middle of the city. Can't miss it. Adelaide is just so walkable. <laughs> People give Adelaide shit, but I really enjoyed my time there. I've never been to Adelaide, so I can't comment. We should go. It was a good four days. Yeah, I, I, I don't like know I when we're going to go. but more time. But look, we should probably plan internal travel because it's going to happen a lot quicker than international. Yeah, but but Not for us, though. Not, not, uh, not in Corona <laughs> Town here. We're, we're fucked. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know when we're leaving the state next. I'm, I'm really glad that we did go and visit family when we had the chance. Because we might never see them again. Why would you say that? Because they're going to... Build a great, great big wall on the southern border of whatever her name is, Gherkin, Premier of New South Wales is <laughs> going to... about Gladys? Yeah, Gladys of Gherkin <laughs> is going to build a great big wall along the river oh my God. and cut Victoria off 
from whatever the fuck that other place is called. New South Wales. <laughs> and uh, South Australia will be protected by the fact that no one actually wants to go there, so they won't need it. <laughs> After I've just said Adelaide's a fun yeah, place I was to visit. Yeah, I to say, what the fuck, you've really done a 180 here. No, I, I had fun in Adelaide. Okay. Don't break our segue streak. You know what else we probably can't go for a long time, though? Where? Queensland. Oh, yeah, definitely. Queensland Ute driver going 100 kilometers an hour uses knife to battle brown snake trying to bite him between the legs. Oh, fuck that. You're going to fuck the snake? No, just fuck the whole situation. <laughs> this is uh, Audrey Whithey, Whithey for ABC News. Uh, this was the one sent in by a listener. I, I did see the um, the, <laughs> the tweet. tweet, but I didn't read it. So. Yeah, because I stole it. I got to it first. Yes, you did. There's <laughs> <laughs> a problem when you guys send us stories. It's like, who's going to see it and grab it first? I just let you take them. It's fine. So, our snake in question is an eastern brown snake. Oh, so like the deadly one. Okay, cool. It is cool, considered cool, cool. to be the world's second most venomous oh, land snake second. after it's the inland taipan. Fine. Venomous land snake, too, because the ones in the sea are a bit worse. Uh, it's responsible for 60% of Australia's snake bite deaths. Funny, that. This is a... Uh, have you ever seen one? Uh, I think so, in a zoo. But like, just outside in the world? No. I haven't either. I've only seen um, red-bellied black snakes. I I've only seen, seen a wild brown. snake once in Australia. Only once? Yeah, I know. Okay, that's weird. I saw them all the time in New Guinea. I almost got bit by one. I only seen one in Australia. Without a Wiseman's Ferry. Yeah. Okay. And I was more interested in the leech bites I had that day. We used to get them at the car park at, at my old job. Because it was right next to Lane Cove National Park. Yeah, and they used to live near there as well. You would have thought, yeah, I'd, yeah no, okay. <laughs> Same with foxes, and there used to be fox baits out near where I lived as well. I never saw, I've never seen a live wild. No, I lie. I have. We were walking. Yes. <laughs> we were walking at like five a.m. last year on like a morning walk for exercise, and I saw a, a live fox run across the road in front of us. And you weren't wearing your glasses, so you missed it. I've seen wild foxes before, though. So just in a little suburban Melbourne, it was cool. <laughs> anyway. Our story involves no foxes, no, but it does involve a Jimmy. Like a man named Jimmy? A man named Jimmy. He's also 27. A lot of 27-year-olds in my stories today. Well, you know about the whole 27 thing, right? No. About how a lot of celebrities die at 27? Oh, my God. This podcast cannot get famous until I turn 28. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want you to share it. Don't don't start sharing it until the late March next year. Anyway, <laughs> I have heard that theory, actually. So, Jimmy, he's driving down the Dawson Highway, west of Calliope in central Queensland. I've never heard of it. Calliope? Calliope? C-A-L-L-I-O-P-E? I I don't know. So, he's cruising along 100 kilometers an hour, which is 91.1344 feet per second for any American and Liberian listeners out there. Gotta give him those freedom units. I'm sure that's what Liberia calls them. Freedom (laughs) units. So, Jimmy looks down and he sees a brown snake in the ute with him. Just in the cab on the floor. Fuck that. Uh, Jimmy, you know, he's a typical looking young tradie guy. Mm. Quote, I'm driving 100 kilometers an hour. I started to break. Fuck, there's a snake. He's on the highway. He just starts slowing down. He told the police this. And the more I moved my legs, it just started to wrap around me. Its head started to strike at the seat in between my legs. So this snake's pissed off. He's like, don't slow down. I've got somewhere to be. I don't know. Uh. Oh, how long has he been driving before he's realized the snake is in there? Because it wasn't until he realized the snake was there that started causing a problem. Who knows? Ugh, no, so I don't like any Jimmy, of this. using a seatbelt and one of his work knives, he starts fighting the snake as he's slowly also bringing the car. So he's slowing the car down How on the highway. How did he not have an accident? And he's fighting a snake and kills it. Okay, so Jimmy won in the fight. Jimmy won. He gets out, throws the snake into the back of his ute on the tray, and then he fucking speeds off to the nearest hospital because Jimmy is fucking terrified and convinced he's been bitten. Had he been bitten? 
Eastern brown snake bite can kill in less than 15 minutes. Yeah, I was going to so say. Jimmy's not going to fuck around. He's like, I'm just going to go yeah. straight to the hospital. Police spot Jimmy speeding along at 123 kilometers an hour. I mean, understandable. Yeah. But the speed limit is 110, maybe 100 on this road. Mm. So okay. quite significantly over the speed limit. They pull him over, of course. Jimmy's probably thinking, oh, fuck. I'm about to die because these cops pulled me over. <laughs> uh, it's all caught on police body cam. So there is a video of it out there somewhere, apparently. Okay, that'd be interesting I, to see. I didn't go looking for it, but it wasn't in the article, but they did mention there is a video of it. Mm. So they catch my body cam, he explains the situation. You know, when they pull you over speeding, like, why were you going so fast? He's like, fuck yeah. a snake, bit me! <laughs> <laughs> so he, he tells the story, he even says to the officer, feel my heart. Like, his heart's fucking pounding because he thinks he's about to die. Mm. Uh, please call him an ambulance. Okay. After hearing the story, they're like, well, you shouldn't be driving if you're Hang on, wait, this is in dead. Queensland? Yeah. So you probably didn't get charged for that ambulance. No, they're free because they're paid okay. with foreign taxes on your power bill. And I wish that was the case here. What a great Same. idea. <laughs> anyway. So ambulance turns up. Turns out Jimmy's fine. Okay. There's he no, hasn't been bitten. There's no bites. He's just okay. suffering from shock. <laughs> I mean, I reckon I would have peed myself, honestly. <laughs> like, I-, <laughs> I don't know if I would have been able to kill the snake. I probably would have just fucking got bitten and died. I guess when it becomes a thing of you versus it, you probably would have killed it. Yeah. I like Good on him for like, I'm just going to slow down. Yeah. And just try and have, there's a great video of a pilot flying his little Cessna or whatever it is. And there's a fucking snake in the cockpit with him. No. And he realizes it. He's like, oh shit, what am I going to do? It's the inspiration for Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> this came out, this happened after that movie. Oh. So he's in his little bug smasher, as we call them. And so he's flying at less than 10,000 feet. So it's not a pressurized aircraft, okay? Which means he can open the window. Right, okay. So he opens the window and fucking throws the snake out. <laughs> Where did it land? He threw it out on top of a highway. So someone's probably driving along on the highway and a fucking snake lands. <laughs> oh my god, could you imagine that? Oh, fuck that no. That poor snake, though. Just wanted to lift. Just going for a flight. The only good snake is a dead snake. That's mean. Oh, snakes are fine. Just gotta leave them alone. Although some snakes can glide, so it might have survived. Who, who knows? Which is also, if you ever get to see the footage, it's on like, nature documentaries and things like that. There are snakes that jump from tree to tree and they do weird shit with their body and flatten it out to make it like their whole body is okay. a, like a, a wing and then they can glide like a sugar glider, but less okay. cute and more terrifying. <laughs> so yes, flying snakes are a thing, guys. Quote from Jimmy here, I've never been so happy to see the red and blue lights. Oh, so he was glad that they pulled him over. I, I guess in hindsight. Yeah. Because they called him an ambulance. Or he was probably just thinking, they can drive me there faster. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So University of Queensland snake expert Brian Fry recommends that if you are bitten by a brown snake, you should remain calm. So Jimmy didn't do that. And you should tie wherever He doesn't say that. He says you should call for help instead of running around because... Well, you don't want your blood to move through your body Typically, I I have heard the advice that if you're bitten by a snake, you want to tourniquet off that limb to slow the uh, venom from spreading. Uh, Quote here from Brian Fry, the patient feels fine and then will dramatically collapse and die. As the venom works so fast. Jesus Christ. So if you get bitten by a brown snake, you think to yourself, oh, I feel okay. Mm, don't fuck around with that. Yeah, no. No, 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 no. Unfortunately, 15 minutes does not give you a lot of time. It really doesn't. But, I mean, we don't get that many snake bite deaths here. No, despite how common the brown snake is, and it is a very, very common snake in it Australia. Is, yeah. There's only, on average, two people a year killed by it. Yeah, so, like, I don't know why that is. I mean, there is anti-venom. The problem would be these people who die probably get bitten far from anti-venom. Yeah, that, that's true. But even here, if I got bitten in our backyard, I, I don't know, know if we could if get we could, to... Yeah. You, yeah, it would be tourniquet, call the ambulance, tell them it's a snake bite and hope they've got something there. But they have anti-venom, yeah. <laughs> so... Although the police note, it is a bit of an odd case because uh, the snakes are protected under the Queensland Nature Conservation Act. So you can't kill them? 
you're not really allowed to kill them. I think in this case, though, they're probably going to make an exception. I think if it's an... I, I, I don't know. Like you can't go out there and intentionally kill the snake. Okay, that's fair. But if one is attacking you, I, I think feel like you're within your rights. I think you're allowed to defend yourself kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah. So if you do see a brown snake, don't just go out and kill it. You could get in trouble. Also, it's an awful thing to do to the poor creature. It doesn't know. It doesn't want to be there. It's not there to kill you. It just happens to be there and gets afraid. Call the guys who come with their little pillowcases and take the snake away. Okay? <laughs> just do that. No. The unfortunate thing is, though, with brown snakes... Is that they're also aggressive. So best advice, if you don't see fuck one, with it. don't go anywhere near it. Just walk in the opposite direction and don't fuck with it at all. Because they will chase you down. For international listeners now, be like, I knew it. Australian creatures, <laughs> they're so awful and deadly. Much rather stay here in my country with my lions, tigers, and bears. <laughs> I'll take the brown snake any day. Otherwise. I was going to say, I have lived in Australia my entire life on the East Coast, and I have never seen a brown snake. If you're in a populated area, you're not going to see one. I'm sure if I like could ask my grandfather, he'd say that he'd seen plenty. But the only ones I've ever seen are the black ones that are still, as far as I'm aware, venomous but not as deadly. And pick your poison. <laughs> I mean, oh, <laughs> my, oh my god! Well, they're not poisonous. That is true. They're venomous. <laughs> but well, actually, I if you ate one, would you die? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know the answer. Don't eat them either. Just leave them alone. Black snakes, I think, are venomous as well, but they're. Like, very shy. They do not want to be near you. If you disturb one, it's more likely that it's going to run in the, well, slither in the opposite direction rather than try to attack you. Still, just don't see a snake live alone. Just go away from it. Just a little aside before we close the episode here. Okay. Because I was searching for, a, just to confirm something before, I saw on Facebook, a person I uh, shared an article from this website called Earthly Mission, which is like a science website. Okay. Uh, scientists in Russia have brought back a plant. From a got a thirty two thousand year old fruit, they got seeds out of it and grew the plant. Wow. Okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah, isn't it? A little bit of fun international news on the podcast for a change. <laughs> Growing it in a test tube. I guess that brings us to the end of another episode. It does. It I've does. It does indeed. Off my notes, so I don't know what to say to you people. Usually, it's something along the lines of uh, if you have any stories or episodes or things to like to share with us, any feedback at all, you can give us an email at fmedeadpodcast at gmail it's fmedeadpodcast at gmail.com. And I found the notes here. So you can also follow us on Twitter at fuckbedeadpod to keep up to date of when episodes are released. Mm-hmm. And any stories that don't make the cut, general shit posting, as well as links to any of our stories go out throughout the week as well from the week prior. Yep. If that makes sense. I don't think it did, but whatever. You know what, you know, you know what he means. It's fine. Yeah, Just follow us on Twitter. It's great. Uh, all of this information will be in the episode notes. You can also find it on our website, fuckmedeadpodcast.com, which has a list of ways as well. You can listen to us. And you can also listen to the episodes directly from the website if you so choose. You can also subscribe if the time and leave us a review would be fantastic. If you feel like it. You don't have to. Yeah, the just if you feel like it. I mean, I like you, but, you know, it'll help eventually, maybe. I don't know. I assume reviews help. Uh, apparently they do. Gotta get that engagement. Yeah, something Ugh. like that. <laughs> so, if, if you wanted to, I'm not going to beg for it. But if, 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 you know, you found yourself the spare couple of minutes... You could you could write us a review if you wanted. I'd much rather you just shared it with people. Yeah, same. Um, I I I have to admit personally, I don't really care about the reviews. I feel like we get enough feedback to us personally to know yeah. how we're going, rather than relying on that. I just prefer that you know, if you know someone who might enjoy it, let them know. I had a direct feedback from a listener earlier in the week. I spoke with okay, um, and he told me that he thought I kind of sounded like Bajo. You sound like, but actually, 
Now that you just said that, I hear it. Weird. <laughs> we look so different. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, same I'm, chaotic energy. I like Barjo, so I was fine. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> sweet. But yeah, same chaotic Aries energy. Oh, Pisces. Close just enough. <laughs> by eight hours, I am a fish. <laughs> uh-huh. Although it would have been fitting being a Kiwi for me to be a sheep, I suppose. Really, really would have been. <laughs> but what are you going to do about it? Okay, on that note, I guess we're at the end of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for listening again this week, and we'll be back at the same time next week. Yeah, and I'll have played Ghost of Sushi Mum, hopefully. Exciting times ahead. Exciting times. Bye! (laughs) Bye! Bye!